Today on Locked On Canadians, we have European hockey and prospect expert Patrick Bexell for the first of a two-parter on prospects and the Olympics. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 543 of Locked On Canadians. As you can see, we are now on YouTube, but as always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. My name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla. And today we have a special guest. Scott, how excited are you for our guest today? I am extremely excited because we've been saying, hey, we're going to have this guest on repeatedly (laughs) for the last three-ish months and eight eight. (laughs) (laughs) yes uh we we told our listeners yeah we're gonna have them on we're gonna have them on and then we kind of dropped the ball for a little bit and uh well guess what we finally did it we finally did what we said we were gonna do folks and this guest is actually one of our most requested guests on the show. Our listeners do write in. You can write in to us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. And we often get requests for his expertise. His name is Patrick Bexell. You can find him on Twitter at Zeb underscore Habs. And you can find his work at Habs Eyes on the Prize. And he's a good friend of both myself and Scott. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Uh, I haven't moved into my... Uh regular office yet we moved house a couple of months ago and uh, so i'm hiding in in the closet really (laughs) which which has nothing to do with hiding in the closet regularly (laughs) it kind of it's harkens back to the the early days of the pandemic where people were creating offices in their closets for like a temporary purpose and now we've all got one uh but i myself i'm recording from my bedroom right now and one of our listeners has already shouted out you know you need sports stuff in the background and i'm like hey can you see my running medals that's the closest i'll get to to sports memorabilia (laughs) Uh, but Patrick, uh, I think one thing that uh, people kind of want to hear about uh, right off the top of the bat is how is Matthias Norlinder doing? Uh, he is back in practice, or, or from that had a COVID outbreak last week, so uh, everyone was uh, only healthy or, or non-positive. That sounds bad. Um, non-positive COVID persons were allowed into the uh, training facilities. I'm 99% sure Matthias Norlinder was one of them, but uh, it has been sketchy. Not even journalists like myself or, or a good friend of, of um, Eyes on the Prize, Ivan Rolander, has been able to to uh, get in there and, and ask questions. Ivan has also been on, on some kind of weird ceremony in New York with some goalie guy. I don't know him, but, you know. He's, he's pretty awesome, uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, and, and he <laughs> deservedly so got his, his jersey in the rafters. But Matthias is back on the ice in his second game, first game, second game back. Uh, he got hit into the glass. And it, it's a very soft glass here as well. So it's not like the National Coliseum when... Uh, um, oh, no, sorry, Scott. Now you have to help me. The former friend, uh, Faisal player. Um, oh God, um, Matthias Nigren. Uh, anyway, yes, uh, yeah. yeah, where he took a really hard hit along. Yeah, it was because... a sort of a similar hit where he bounced off the glass a little bit. The front last said there are no concussion symptoms, and he started playing the second game uh, or the game after. 
but they took him off after the first game and finished the, the game with four defenders because two others went off as well. Um, and after that, he's been out. He has been able... He, he was supposed to start playing this week, but obviously games has been cancelled. Um, but yeah, they kept him in for... Uh, or kept him out of the lineup in the last game because obviously the Olympics coming up and, and SHL will continue. And uh, former Habs legend Christian Feline will uh, be one of the leaders of the Swedish team. It is funny to look at some of these rosters, uh, and we'll talk about that uh, in another episode this week, just the amount of former Habs who are on them. And I know a lot of people have been kind of frustrated with um, how the season has gone for Matthias Norlinder. He came over, he had, was there for the preseason, he was injured in the preseason, didn't play for a while, and then got minimally used at the NHL level by Dominique Ducharme and was then injured a little again. Uh, went down to Laval for a couple of conditioning games and then eventually made his way back to Sweden. And I think Patrick and I are kind of in agreement on this is that I don't see any issue with sending him back to Frölunda to, you know, continue to develop his game. He was not the finished product yet at the NHL level, which is what the team was hoping for. There's no reason to throw him to the wolves in a season like this right now. And it's unfortunate that he got there and then immediately suffered an injury and that's not really his fault. It's kind of unfair to see uh, this burden of expectation on him. We see flashes of the skill. I saw them when he was playing in the AHL. He got his first uh, North American goal. But everyone, you know, take a deep breath. He's still young. He's still developing. And he's in good hands. You don't get much better in Europe than Frolunda these days. Uh, it's maybe Sky in, in, uh, in St. Petersburg. That, that would be a good developing club as well. Uh, looking into different aspects of, of how to develop players. And, well, we all know that Mishka will go one or two next year. And, uh, well, he signed until 2025. So whoever picks him second, because that's what I would guess, is because of the contract. Uh, but they will get a finished player, much in the way, same way as uh, Panarin or, or uh, Tarasenko to a, to a certain degree. But definitely kill Kaprizov coming over this year uh, or last year. Um, but yeah, Matthias, I think the, the main thing was like uh, communication in Frölunda is at a such high level. Uh, everyone speaks with everyone. Everyone knows the, all the plans. Whereas at the NHL level, he felt a little bit outside. Obviously, he stayed in a hotel for almost four, three and three months, three and a half months. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that Montreal should probably have spoken to him more about the situation that arose and maybe even sent him back earlier, even with an injury. But obviously the way the season started, they hoped that he was going to be ready and, and take maybe that miraculous step forward that, that they were hoping for, but with, with the, especially with, you know, people losing their, their places left, right and center in the defense. Uh, on the other hand, it makes no sense to keep playing him in in uh, five minutes a game or, or ten minutes a game in NHL or or you know because he was promised, from my understanding, that uh, he was going to go back on, if he didn't make the NHL, and then trying to circumvent that for, from my perspective and from what I hear of other journalists here in Sweden, I think uh, wasn't the smartest way of Montreal to handle that situation. I think it's kind of emblematic of the 
dysfunction that existed in the organization that we're hoping now with new management and hopefully new coaching to come, that's going to change. And hopefully they will kind of solidify his place in his career because he's one of the players that I think fans at this stage are the most excited about. And I think that he's at least had the sympathy of fans uh, knowing that there is so much dysfunction going on. There's a lot of things going on. Like people are kind of, they understand that it's not really his fault. Um, and they do know that he hasn't performed to expectations, but he hasn't really been put in the position to succeed to expectations. So it's it's like everybody kind of uh, agrees that Furlunda is the best place for him right now. And that they're hoping that, you know, this this new organization or the new management in the organization will kind of bring him back in a way that that puts him in the best position to succeed. But we have so much more to talk to Patrick about today. We have been so excited to have him on that we have two episodes with him uh, and we're going to have the rest of today's episode in just one moment. But first, there might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from score totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks, as always, for joining us for your first listen of the day. And today's a very special episode, as mentioned. Patrick Bexell is with us, and uh, he and Scott Matla have kind of been. <laughs> discussing behind the scenes what prospects we're going to touch on today and just to note that Patrick is one of our most requested guests and this is for TC and BC thank you for reminding us and that actually made us pull the trigger and be like hey Patrick it's it, it's time now uh and uh, and thank you so much for making time for us no, nah, it's fine. I'm waiting for the NFL to start because we're recording this on a Sunday, right? <laughs> football's football's dead to me. Last weekend killed any joy I had watching football, and I don't want to relive any of that whatsoever again. It's a good thing this is a hockey podcast, then. Yes, uh, we we continue to record shows when I'm watching crushing defeats of my team in the background, where we have to delay it as I sit here and just sweat it out for extended periods of time uh, to get. Back to what we were originally on here, we were talking, you know, we talked Matthias Norlinder, who is obviously like the big Habs prospect right now in Europe. But uh, Patrick, someone you've been covering for the last couple seasons now, someone who's kind of slid under the radar because he came from, I believe it was the Danish league, came to the OHL. The OHL season was put on pause and then he went to Sweden and he, or back to the Danish league and into the second tier of the Swedish league, the Elsvenskin. Uh, Frederick D. Show has had an incredible couple years of growth here. And he's established himself as not only a legitimate goaltending prospect, but someone that the Habs fan base should be paying far more attention to, I think, across the board here. And it's a little bit unfair. He isn't in the highest year of the, he's not playing in Liga, he's not playing in the KHL, he's not playing in the SHL, but he's worth our time and acknowledgement for just the season that he's having. And 
there's allegedly big news at the end of his year. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've seen, uh, what you've seen from the gnome this season, you've seen him in person and it's been, uh, it's opened my eyes as someone who kind of didn't pay much attention to him in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, uh, first, let me correct you. He, he played junior hockey here in Sweden before he signed with the Sudbury Wolves. Um, and then so w- with COVID, Sudbury was kind enough to, to let his contract uh, slide. And, and uh, uh, let's be fair to, to Sudbury because they did something amazing there and, and looked to what the player wanted and he wanted to stay near home. Uh, what would probably in, in juniors in Sweden, I saw him quite a few times and he has a temper and, and he's really worked with that. Uh, and I think I, I'm, I don't know if it was on the interview I did that I put up on Ives on the price or or if that was off um, after the interview. But he said he's worked a lot with a psychologist or a sports psychologist uh, to temper that temper. <laughs> and uh, and uh, in that regard. Uh, you know that shows maturity. That shows that you want to to win. That shows that you 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 want to progress. And I think you know that was probably part of the reason for staying in South Sweden um, as well. When he came back, he's close to his mom. He's close to 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 his family. Um, it is kind of of home in a, in a way. I mean, like it's a little bit like like on a you prepare yourself. You're going near some some near your home country. But you're living abroad, so you learn all that. And and uh, I know I spoke with his coach, and, and uh, let let's clarify that because uh, Denmark has this uh, in in Scandinavia they they are the Bohemians. They they are very very loose, relaxed. Hygge is a thing, you know. You you just have to be comfortable. You have to be nice, and it's great. And and that's what he's working on right now, like trying to get become more professional, really. And and he has been. Um, and and this year has been really extraordinary. I think I ranked him in, in order to go back to eyes on the price. I think I had him like in the forties when it came to top twenty five under twenty five. And right now he's going to be borderline top twenty five. Uh, so so that's some climb. And and there are some others in that in that range that we have raised this this year as well because obviously COVID made for for a different uh, situation to evaluate players last year. But but these are big strong he 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 keeps himself forward one thing and i'm gonna have my expert on d show uh on 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 the ice on the prize podcast this week because obviously we, we have to put some stuff out as well when there's no games <laughs> <laughs> and uh he pointed out something very early in this year and 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 uh, i watched it and Normally, goalkeepers trying to get both legs up under them from under themselves and stand up tall that way. Dijo is so tall and and he's built a strong core, so he's working a little bit with the side movement in order to to get up faster that way and not fall backwards, which would be the other thing that could happen uh, because his center of gravity is a little bit higher up. Uh, he's well spoken, soft spoken. Uh, I obviously texted him and asked him a little bit about Frölunda and he, he laughed and said nothing is signed yet uh, because obviously you can't sign anything before 1st of May. So <laughs> so we know, I mean, like that's the way you get out of things. I haven't signed anything, you know, that, that's the deal. But it seems very, very plausible. Uh, obviously, he's going to the Olympics and uh, actually I was the first one to crack that for Montreal fans to to say uh, <laughs> that that he was going to the Olympics. Nicolas uh, Cloutier on the 
TVA uh, found another source. I think you actually went to to the uh, Danish coach and, and got the other source. But <laughs> but but yeah, we spoke about it like a month ago, even before before Christmas, I think. And uh, he the, the rebound control is probably the one thing that stands out right now. He needs to be able to fo- put those pucks down into the corner and not straight out. Um, he he has that temper still. But he channels it into uh, more of a winning mentality and and on himself. Um, I've also seen him live. I'm very impressed the way he runs his defense. Like he's very vocal. He points with his glove uh, to show where the defender uh, where the defender should go and where the attacker is coming. Um, he has a quite good hockey IQ from from my understanding and. Uh, it's difficult to, to rate that with goalies, but but that's the way I see it right now. It it sounds and correct me if I'm maybe uh, making the wrong comparison here. Uh, watching a lot of football, soccer for the mm-hmm. North American listeners here, he seems to marshal the defense a little bit, kind of like a goalkeeper mm-hmm. would in soccer, and yeah. that he's directing it from the net out. And he's six foot five. He, the gnome is the funniest nickname going amongst Habs prospects because he's gigantic. Like Carey Price is tall. And Disho is two inches taller than he is, and he's just 20 years old. It's he's Yeah, I, I mean, like it hails from the fact that his nickname his middle name is actually Nissan, which is translate to the gnome. <laughs> and it, then it, obviously it, I went with it because of uh, of Robin Hood, you know, little John in Robin Hood is a big, big bastard of a man. And and <laughs> and and I went like, you know. This is this is having lived in England for almost ten years. I was like, you know, let's do it the English way. They will do the opposite, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that, and I love it. Like he has two gnomes on the helmet as well, and I'm I can't wait to see if he gets a special Olympic helmet with with gnomes on it. That would be awesome. It, it, he is the youngest guy on the Danish hockey team by three years, and he's the youngest goaltender. That's a huge. That's a huge feather in his cap there is that he's 20 years old. He's going to the Olympics. I know that there's not NHLers going and this and that, but. He would probably have gone even with NHLers because there's only one goalie to compete with. (laughs) That's a huge, that's a huge thing for him, I feel like. And that's someone that I think he's now, uh, after you talked to TVA and that what you put out for eyes on the prize, a lot more people are now paying attention to what he's doing. And I think that speaks to, you know, the quality of work he's done. I know that. Obviously, there's still wrinkles to his game, but seeing where he's come from and to where he's at now from, like you said, we were ranking him in the bottom third of the top 2,525 to... I would probably say top the bottom 10%. I think most of us were like... We're like, who the hell is this guy? Well, guess yeah. what? He's an Olympic goalie now. <laughs> he's potentially going to a European powerhouse. Something's going right here. And I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to see what his next steps are. Like he turns uh, he, 21 in March, like he's so much. Also, he was also, I mean, I've heard this for, from the, the uh, equipment manager at Malmo when he came over for the under 20s, he had all used gear. So because he comes from a, I shouldn't say poor family, but it's not as well off maybe as, as, as many other hockey families are. So they got him new gear all the way around. So you have to cheer for him for being the underdog (laughs) all the way through as well. Like going to your professional career starter in in Sweden and, and with a, with a decent under 20 team and not have, not having new gear. I mean, like that's fantastic. And they obviously sorted out 
in, in minutes, but you know, and, and you can tell that from, from when I've seen him, he spends some extra time with the kids after the game. He, he show, he's a sh like, he spends time with the fans, but also outside the, the locker room, he stands and talks with the kids a little bit extra and, and, you know, that's the kind of person he is. That's something you always love to see. And we have plenty more coming with Patrick in just one moment. But first, you may have heard this before, but we're reminding you that rockauto.com is the only place that you should go to get your car parts and accessories. They deliver directly to your door. But the most important thing about them is that not only do they have the greatest selection of all kinds of car parts and accessories that you could possibly ever need, but also you pay the same as a professional mechanic would. So you wouldn't get that markup. Sometimes you could be paying up to twice as much as a, as a professional mechanic just because you're, you're a regular person. If you go into a store, you might be limited to their stock or the brands that they work with and their prices. But with Rock Auto, you will always get the lowest price. You'll get the greatest selection. And they have all kinds of makes and models. Whether you drive a classic or you just bought a new car, no matter what, you'll be able to find what you need for your car on rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com and don't forget to put locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they'll know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, rockauto.com. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen of the day or potentially your first watch of the day now that we are on YouTube. And we are here with our guest, Patrick Bexell, who you can find on Twitter at Zeb underscore Habs. You can also find his work mainly at Habs Eyes on the Prize, but also pretty much everywhere. He is a European prospect and hockey expert, and he's very much dialed in, as you can tell from this episode, as to what's going on with the Habs prospects over in Europe. Um, and we also have a, an episode coming with Patrick tomorrow where we are going to nerd out on the Olympic roster. Um, <laughs> and we're super excited about that. But in the meantime, Scott, you and you and you and Patrick had kind of a, a, a plan for this episode and some thoughts that you wanted to share. So I'm going to let you take it away. It it's funny because I am looking through elite prospects. I'm looking through the in the system people. And uh, my original plan was to talk about uh, Oliver Kapanen, someone who made the Finnish uh, world juniors team. Obviously that tournament never happened due to uh, forces outside of their control. And then as I'm scrolling through here, there was a name that I had forgotten. It existed entirely. Uh, Alexander Gordine. Um, yeah, someone who, yeah. who we know <clears throat> can shoot a puck. We don't know what else they can do, and I'm looking at his numbers. He's got 14 KHL games this year and one goal, and I'm going, what's up here? He plays for uh, uh, Soki. <laughs> it's just hockey, huh? Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, he scored in his first game uh, with Soki after being traded from the SCA system, and I think in some ways, and I'm fortunate, I mean, like, I think it was a great, you know, in, in the sixth, seventh round when he was taken – it's worth taking that kind of risk on a player. You go for the home run. Uh, obviously, it hasn't paid out. And the fact that he was traded away for next to nothing in the SCA system, from the SCA system to Saki, that doesn't have a good system at all, from, from what I hear out of Russia, uh, speaks a little bit to the, to the game, to, to the kind of prospect that he is. And... Uh, let, let's be honest here, Scott. Some of those games in of, of those fourteen is like a minute and a half on the ice. So, uh, yeah, he's he's too good for the MHL. He 
probably should be in the VHL, which is the next level, but he's not good enough to for the KHL to, to play regularly, not even on, on one of the teams that struggle with, with COVID uh, protocols and stuff like that. It's like you said, is that it's a worthwhile risk to take that late in the draft. It's what's the harm is you go for home run swings there. And like we've seen the highlights, I've watched him play a couple of games and I've seen some of the highlights and stuff that you've clipped. Dude can shoot the puck. It's just, if you can't do anything else, especially in the European sized rinks where they are bigger and there's more space and you have to be more active in your efforts yeah, You're he, only going to get so he, he, far. He struggles with the skating, and, and let's yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> and on a bigger rink, I think it's even worse. You know, it, it becomes more obvious. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a player that I think was worth taking a shot on. And obviously, I like Russian hockey, so it's always good for me to to catch some more of those games. But you mentioned Oliver Kapanen, and he's had a t- like a tough year in Kalpa. And, and you have to start wondering what goes on with Kalpa and Habs prospect, obviously in the in in the way of Johnny Ekonen as well. Um, but um, there, there has been a start and stops of the season in Liga, um, and uh, Kapanen hasn't really played that much. Um, he has succeeded in what was his goal when I spoke with him earlier, uh, or end of last year, that uh, he made the under-20 team. And I think he actually did an all-right World Juniors. I think I rated him as a C on, on those games that I watched, and uh, he played on the second line, which was really the third line, but it opened up the third line for someone named Brad Lampert. You know, every Canadian thinks he's going to go number two in the draft because he's half <laughs> Canadian. Uh, if he was full Canadian, he would go number one, obviously. But uh, no, and, and I think, you know, he create like the Finnish coaches used that very, very smartly in, in order to have a defensive hold responsible thir- second line to exploit the other team's third lines. And, and uh, it benefited in those few games that Finland got to play. Yeah. And I, I think that the a big thing for Habs fans here is that they were, I, he was the one I was looking forward to watching the most out of all of this. I know that Caden Gooley was playing for Canada, but Jan Mishak and Oliver Kapanen were players that I was excited to see at this level because this is where they should thrive. And that kind of got cut away from us. And it's unfortunate. Um, Obviously, Meshack is thriving in the OHL right now. Um, hat trick last night. Yeah, yeah, he did. He had a hat trick <laughs> last night. As all of us were watching the Oilers pump the Habs for seven goals, I was watching prospects play, and my night was much, much better. Uh, before we go, there is one more prospect I wanted to ask you about, and it's actually not uh, it's not Jacob Olofsson, which is unfortunate because he had so much promise when he was drafted originally. It's one of the ones that I kind of had forgotten about, but it is, where are they on here? It's Dmitry Kostenko, who is playing in the VHL, which you said is the step below the KHL, correct? And yep. he's got, for a defenseman, he's got 11 points in 32 games. And then in the MHL, he's got eight points in six games. I know it's, you know, with the KHL doing stop and start because of COVID and everything else happening, it, what kind of progress have, can, have we seen from him or what can we know about him? Because he was picked last year and most people went, I have no idea what to make of this defenseman right now. He's big. <laughs> he, he can skate marginally better than Gordin. <laughs> oh, but, no. But, no, <laughs> no, no, he can skate better than that. But uh, he, he is big. He, he has a, kind of a decent eye 
when it comes to and, and the fact is he started in the hl and the last couple of weeks he played in the mhl so they sent him down and uh the russian coach uh, for the under 20s because he was part of the four nations in engelholm when i was there uh he mentioned that he needs to think faster it's it's he's he has the vision he has the thinking he just needs to uh, gear it up a little bit on, on when it comes to to thinking on the ice and that's probably why he hasn't played in in vhl again because he scored quite a bit and and he was very good defensively uh but on the other hand yeah the level is is kind of up and down in in mhl is the same way uh he is good though because he gets to uh, there are what is it ska uh, <clears throat> seska to a degree and locomotive that has the the big three uh, like clubs in the in mhl and they are the ones that you know those games are the ones you should really look at otherwise there are two unevens and maybe two lines are good but the third and fourth line are not so it doesn't give you that much of, of visibility to, to or or something to draw conclusions from uh, I think that uh, finishing off with Jacob, uh, it's it's as you say, it's sad to see. You know, he had a big shoulder injuries. He had a concussion, or it wasn't mentioned as a concussion, but it definitely looked like one uh, in SHL. He, I, I can see him continuing play at hockey Alsanskan level. I don't really see him staying at SHL level, and, and we said that before the season. Tim Roy is doing all right, and and uh, he's not part of that team anymore. He's gone to one of the top six teams in hockey Alsanskan uh, and actually scored against the D-Show the other game. It, it, it is, it's tough to see because like, there's a lot of promise there. Like I'm looking at some of his numbers. They're not mind blowing, but taking into account, he's playing in a men's professional league, not a junior league. Like uh, some of the North American prospects would be, there was hope in everything going on there. And then like I said, injuries and start and stop like his season with Timra last year, 20 points in 36 games isn't awful for he would have been. But that 20. was at that time, Timur was in hockey. Alsonskan. Yeah. And it's, you were hoping to see that next step and then it never happened. And it's not like the Habs made a bad pick at the time. He was no. selected to go in that time frame. It's just, it's, it's like Ikenen. Sometimes it just, it doesn't work out. And that's, that's, that's how drafting is. Unfortunately, sometimes you hit and you get, you know, someone like Sean Farrell in the later rounds. And sometimes the guy in the second round that looks like a slam dunk is unfortunately uh, a bit of a swing and a miss. So um, sometimes you pick that goalie in the seventh round that turns out to be Henrik Lundqvist. And sometimes in, sometimes they never play in any game in the end. They never <laughs> play a game in North America. So that that's, yeah. that's the fun part of it. Fun part of it all. Right. Yeah. And we never know. I mean, like, let's look at it from, from our perspective. We didn't know about Dijon the season he was going to have. So, you know, let's remember the ones that surprises us in a good way rather than the ones that surprise us in, in a bad way. Agreed. And on that note, thank you so much, Patrick, for for some for your insight. And we are not actually finished. Uh, we will have a second part of this episode with Patrick tomorrow where we're going to discuss the 
Olympic rosters and what we can look forward to and what we're not super excited about and all of that. If you'd like to find Patrick on the internet, you can find him on Twitter at Zeb underscore Habs. You can also find his work at Habs Eyes on the Prize, among other places. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Please keep emailing us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. As you know, as listener requests, we made it happen finally. So we love when people email us and ask us, you know, can you talk about this or can you bring this person on in the meantime you will find scott on twitter at scott matla you'll find me at the active stick thank you so much for listening and if you liked this podcast please check out locked on bets where they have been absolutely killing it lately make that your second listen of the day you will not regret it